Please don't be afraid. There's too much fear around, there's too much anxiety. But if we have faith, sadha in the Buddha, if we have confidence, trust in the Triple Gem, if we are keeping the precepts and making good karma, punya, there's no reason to be afraid of anything, even if you haven't attained Nibbana yet, even if you are not yet even a stream enterer. Because we have the promise of the Buddha that anyone, everyone, who has got a sufficient amount of faith, of sadha, a sufficient amount of confidence, of conviction in the Buddha. Anyone who has a sufficient amount of love, of affection for the Buddha is destined for heavenly rebirth. We'll be going to Devaloka. Because if we analyze why are we afraid, why is there so much fear right now? The coronavirus pandemic and all the measures against it, the, the ultimate fear is usually the fear of dying, isn't it? This is what really gets us scared, that we have to die. But if we die and we get reborn in Devaloka, where the lifespan is millions of years in human reckoning, where there's no sickness, where old age occurs only in the shortly before death, the lifespan is so long anyhow, and where there's so much joy and heavenly peace and delight, why would we have to be so afraid of death even? So even the absolute worst case scenario, if death does get us from coronavirus, if we have that faith in the Buddha, if we have that affection, that conviction, that confidence, we are already destined for heavenly rebirth. No need to be so afraid. And of course, in the, in the end, death will always get us. That is the other one. It's not like death occurs only since we have the coronavirus. It's a part of life. And I'm not sure how your own situation is, but I still don't know a single person personally, in the last one and a half years, who died from coronavirus. I know quite a few people I know who died in the last one and a half years from, from other causes. So we have to keep it in perspective. The fear, buyer in Pali, buyer fear, is one of the four agatis, one of the four wrong pathways 
one of the four bong tracks we can go down. The, um, desire, aversion, delusion and fear. This is what the Buddha called the agatis. And if our decisions and our actions are based on these four things, then we are on the wrong track. If we full of anger and hatred, we can't make clear decisions. If we are overwhelmed by desire, we may act in unbeneficial ways. Same with delusion. But today I like to focus in particular on fear because I see so much fear in people because it is in the news all the time because we are wearing these masks and it triggers fear in people because normally you don't wear that. When you see that you think of hospitals and operating theatres and and, and, uh, sickness and death. So each time you walk around with this mask, we are triggering fear in so many people. Each time when they are reporting uh, a new corona death or the daily figures, there is more fear and anxiety. But if there is fear and anxiety in our mind, have you ever investigated with mindfulness what does it do to us? We can't think clearly anymore. We are unable to discern what is beneficial for ourselves, what is unbeneficial and harmful for ourselves, what is beneficial and good for others, what is harmful and bad for others. If we are overcome by fear and anxiety, we don't know that. And we also easily fall prey to any kind of manipulation. Because there's always people who like to use our fear and to frighten us according to their aims and objectives. And they may frighten us in doing things which are harmful and unbeneficial for ourselves based on fear. So we want to act for our own welfare and for the welfare of others. We have to recognize fear in our heart. That is mindfulness, awareness, clear comprehension, to recognize what is the quality of your heart. Is there desire or are we free from desire? Is there anger or are we free from anger? Is there anxiety and fear or is the heart courageous and at ease and equanimous? The mindfulness has to recognize that. And then mindfulness has to know that fear is an unwholesome mind state, unbeneficial. And mindfulness should always act conjoined with wisdom, napanya, sati panya. And as we recognize fear in our mind, and as we mindfully know that fear is unbeneficial and may get us on the wrong track, the agati of bhaya, the wrong track of acting based on fear. As we know and understand that, the wisdom will figure out a way how can we abandon our anxiety.
And uh, if we analyze fear under the ultimate fear, it's usually the fear of death. Oh, I may die from that. And then we are really scared. And this is why I made this quote, why I quoted the Buddha right in the beginning there. And we have our library now functioning on the Modena to all those working on that and all contributing for the beautiful shelving we got financially and so on and with uh, helping out. And I recommend you go into that library and grab the Matrima Nikaya. It's one part of the traditional canon, the Theravada Buddhist canon, the collection of the teachings of the Buddha. That is the Tipitaka, the canon. And one part is the middle-length discourses, Majjhima Nikaya. And there's good translations available by Bhikkhu Bodhi and a lot by Ajahn Tanisaro and others. So you can read it in English. I'm sure you can read it in uh, Singhalese or in Thai, probably Chinese. And we have English translations available here. And if you go into the Matrimanikaya number 22, Alagadupama Sutta, the Sutta on the simile of the snake, and you go right to the end, at the very end, and the Buddha is stating unambiguously, he is saying, in this Dhamma, which has been declared and proclaimed by me, open, evident, visible here and now, and free from patchwork, anyone in this Dhamma and discipline, anyone who is following that Dhamma, if they have even just a sufficient amount of faith, of conviction, of confidence in the Buddha, if they have just a sufficient amount of love and affection for the Buddha, Sapete Saka Parayana, all of those are bound for heavenly rebirth. This is after a long list. The Buddha starts, now all those who have realized complete freedom from defilements and attained Nibbana, who are Abahans, they will have no rebirth. And all Dukkha is over for them. And then he goes down. Once returners, sorry, non-returners, once returners, the stream enters, Satanusadi, Dhammanusadi, and then the last category, not even a stream enter, not even a Satanusadi or Dhammanusadi, but just a sufficient amount of faith, conviction, just a sufficient amount of love, affection for the Buddha. And already you are bound for heaven, all of those. And I think that this can undermine and overcome, if you remember that, our fear of death. Because what does, what does death matter so much if you just go to a better place? 
I think most people wouldn't want to be evicted from their home. Ne? You wouldn't appreciate if someone comes and kicks you out of your home, isn't it? But someone comes and they take you out of your home and they put you into a palace. Would you be so afraid about that? Not really, no, because a palace may be better than your home. It's the same if we die and we leave this you know, sickly and short-lived human body behind and we get reborn in Devaloka, in heavenly world. What are we losing? It's so much better there. If we reflect like that, then the fear of death will not be able to overwhelm our heart. And for sure it's even better not to be an Avahant and to have eliminated all Dukkha right here and now. This is superior to heavenly rebirth because even the heavenly rebirth is ultimately impermanent and we may still go to some bad place. But it's not so easy not to abandon all defilements, all attachment and to attain full Nibbana. We may not always feel, maybe we feel we can't fully do that in this life. But having a sufficient amount of faith and confidence, conviction in the Buddha and a sufficient amount of love, affection for the Buddha, that doesn't sound too difficult, isn't it? That's something that can be done. And that is already enough. We don't have to be afraid of death then. What else are we afraid? Some people may say, I'm not so much afraid of death, but maybe very painful. So it's Dukkha Vedana we are afraid of. But Dukkha Vedana, painful feeling, is impermanent. No painful feeling will last. And anyway, they have very good pain, medita pain medication nowadays. So that is also nothing really to have ex excessive fear about. And if we practice the Dhamma and when we already train to contemplate impermanence, when we occasionally apply another medicine of wisdom and contemplating impermanence whenever we experience painful feeling, we are training ourselves and we will not be so afraid of pain anymore either. And if pain and death is no longer the big bogeyman, how can they frighten you very much? I also like to share some figures with you. These are figures from 2017 and no one had even heard of coronavirus. What do you think? Before coronavirus, did human beings die or were they all blessed with eternal life before coronavirus? I'm not so sure on that. I have, a, from my memory, they used to die already before coronavirus. And what do you think? How many 
human beings died in 2017 before anyone had ever heard of coronavirus. What's your guess? Pardon? Is it in Australia or worldwide? 56 million. This is just normal. This is what happens every year. So just to give you some perspective, if you hear these figures now and you read and oh, thousand people dying from coronavirus, every year 56 million people. Now this is just very rough figures that you get an idea of the order of magnitude. This is 150,000, more than 150,000 every day. Just if you get some idea, and if you read in Thailand, it's getting worse now. I think recently they had the first time more than 100 a day. But even if there's more than 100 people dying on one day from coronavirus, keep in mind there's 150,000 people dying every day anyhow. And no one panicked in 2017. Although there were 150,000 people dying every day, no one panicked. No one got crazy about it. There's almost two people every second dying. That's how normal death is. In Australia, We have about 400 people, 440 people dying every day before coronavirus. Keep that in mind. I think uh, yesterday they had another person dying in Sydney, I think. Or was it the day before yesterday? So when you read that, and keep in mind there were some 400 people on the same day dying from something else. But like your grandfather, he didn't die from coronavirus. No? Yeah. So to put that into perspective, it's not even 1% of the people dying on that day. In Sri Lanka it's about 360 a day dying. Thailand about 1,500 people dying every day. So if you die of 150 people dying from coronavirus in one day in Thailand, this is only 10% of all the people dying on that day. And 90% are still dying from something else. And if you read the shocking figures in US and India, in the US it's more than 7,000 dying normally every day. In India it's something like 27,000 dying every day. So even during the bad times when they had 2,000 a day, Again, 90% die from something else. I'm just mentioning that because I notice so much no, almost panic, anxiety, fear. So rather than looking at these figures and getting shocked and everyone wearing masks and getting news continuously and new exposure sites by the hundreds, Please remember, even when the worst thing happens with coronavirus and we end up dying, which is already very unlikely, 
even then if we have sufficient amount of faith, sufficient amount of affection and love to the Buddha, you will just go straight away to a much better place. Why being afraid? The other thing is simply what we are paying attention to. And we have a choice. We can decide what we read, what we watch, who we listen to. And for example, you can just recite for one hour Itipiso, Bhagava, Adahang, Samma, Sambuddho, Vicca, Chodana, Sampando, Sugato, Lokavido, Anuttaro, Purasadama, Sarati, Sattva, Deva, Manasanang, Buddho, Bhagavati, Itipiso, Bhagava, Adahang, Samma, Sambuddho. You just recite that for an hour. Do you think you will feel afraid after that? The Buddha is totally fearless. It's impossible in the heart of the Buddha for fear to arise, completely impossible. And if you recite these qualities of the Buddha, if you recollect and remember him, we can even just do simply Buddha-ho, Buddha-ho, Buddha-ho. Even if you don't know the whole itipiso, just beside Buddha, Buddha, Buddha for one hour, and there will be no fear in your heart, there will be courage, there will be fearlessness because these are the qualities of the Lord Buddha, and you're connecting with it. And when you recite that for one hour, you will also strengthen that very faith, that very devotion and affection that ensures you a ticket to heaven whenever you die. So rather than watching all this fear-inducing news all the time, direct your mind to the Buddha. Remember the Buddha. Sit in front of your shrine and recite Buddha, Buddha rather than being on the screen of your mobile phone, tablet, computer and watching the, the latest government ad, which is incomprehensible to me, where they have some actor pretending to be unable to breathe and then frightening people. It's incomprehensible to me why they're doing something like that, because we know that fear is reducing your natural immunity. One thing is vaccinations, but there's also natural immunity. And there's not only one disease, there's thousands of diseases. Do we have any of our medical professionals here? How, how many diseases have we got? Can any doctor answer that? How many different pathological conditions exist there? How many illnesses? Does anyone even know that they can't even count them? Would I be right at least to say that there are many thousands of sicknesses? Is that correct, Dr. Gavini? Many thousands, ne? So how can they 
vaccinate us against all these thousands and thousands of illnesses, but we also have what is called our natural immune system. And if you are overwhelmed by fear, do you think that will strengthen your immune system? No, of course not, it's the opposite. When people are anxious, afraid, the immune system goes down and they get more likely to get any sickness. On the other hand, if you are sitting there in front of your shrine and you are reciting Buddha, 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 Itipiso, Bhagavan, Anahang for one hour and you have a beautiful Buddha statue and you are thinking of the Lord Buddha and your heart is filled with joy and with faith and with devotion and with affection and you feel conviction in Buddha, Dhamma and Sangha, you feel confidence in the Buddha, you feel sadha and pema and your heart is uplifted and buoyant and joyful. What is that going to do to your immune system? What do you think? It becomes stronger and not just against coronavirus, against any sickness. So that's what we need, not fear. We need something to uplift our heart. And a great one is worth collecting and remembering the Buddha. And your heart will be joyful and fearless and bright and radiant. And your body will be light and your immune system will function just on the right level because you don't want to have too much either. Too much immune response and autoimmune disease, which is also common nowadays. But a joyful heart, a, joy, a heart that is radiating loving kindness to all beings, that has faith in the Buddha, that is contemplating its own virtue and good actions a heart that is filled with punya, with goodness, with all good karma you have made. Now that heart will have the immune system supportive just in the wide measure, not too much, not too little, just wide. And then you will feel that and then you have even less fear. Because you have also more faith and you trust in your body to be able to deal with things. And even if the body can't deal with it, which can always happen, we are still not afraid. Because we know that whatever goodness there is in our heart, the virus can't take that away. Maybe the virus can destroy your body. But can the virus eat your good karma? Has any virus the power to eat or kill or destroy your good karma, your punya? Can the virus do that? No. The virus is a material phenomenon. It's something with the body and with the four elements, with matter. But punya, your good karma, that is something uh, which is not material. It's something in your mind. And no virus can get there. That's another contemplation which will help us if we never get afraid and anxious.
we are making good karma, we are generating punya by generosity, by keeping virtue and precepts, by being kind to all beings, by developing loving-kindness, metta, to all humans, all animals, all spirits, all devas, all hell beings, to, ev to everyone. And at the same time, we know that no power in the world or anywhere can take that away, and certainly no virus. So why should I be so afraid? It's the same with your spiritual qualities you develop, your faith, your energy, your mindfulness, your samadhi, your wisdom, your insight, your knowledge. Now the virus can't take that away. It's in our heart wherever we go, and one day we all go. We all have to die one day, but what counts is now what do we take with us when we die? And what we take with us is our karma and our mind. So if every day we make sure that our mind develops and abandons bad qualities like anger and jealousy and stinginess and greediness and all these things, and every day our mind is developing good things like compassion and loving-kindness, gratitude and faith and mindfulness and wisdom. You know that this is the only thing that really counts and no one can take it away. And whatever happens and even if we have to die, it will be right with us and we go to a good place. So please don't be afraid. No need to be anxious about anything. People have died before coronavirus and I gave you the figure. There's only a small percentage of all those people dying. And we're not afraid of death anyhow because we know our good karma is right with us. And we know, and I want to repeat once more, this is a promise directly from the Buddha from the Buddha's lips into Venerable Ananda's ear and then from Venerable Ananda collected and recited and remembered and later written down over 2,500 years this promise that in this Dhamma and discipline which is so well proclaimed, so evident, so open, so free from patchwork that anyone who has got a sufficient amount of faith, of conviction, of sadha, who has got a sufficient amount of love and affection for the Buddha, is already destined for a rebirth in heaven. Don't be afraid, no need. So these are a few remarks to hopefully help you to dispel any fear and anxiety. And is there any comments or questions? One of our medical professionals here is just sharing 
that apparently there are documented cases where people even with cancer and already secondaries after taking up a spiritual practice they have recovered so that is very encouraging and that indicates what I mentioned that your immune system and your whole bodily systems will be in top shape if you don't have fear but you have faith if you don't have anxiety but you have joy and happiness from virtue from generosity and from your good Dhamma practice but of course even if we recover from cancer one day we have to die from something but even that is not really something that should blow us away with fear if we have the understanding that we will just go to the next life and that the next life will be a very good one if we have that faith, affection and good karma doesn't have to be in a deva loka and it can also be a good human life yes, another one Exactly, someone just mentions that there are all Sangyutas, Devata Sangyuta, Devaputta Sangyuta, and so on. The whole parts of our scriptures of the teaching of the Buddha were specially given to Devas. It's called Satyaha Deva Manusanang, the teacher of gods and humans, teacher of angels, Devas, and humans. And in terms of absolute numbers, it looks like the Buddha was actually teaching many more devas than humans. And even someone like Ajahn Man, particularly when he was in the Chiang Mai those days, he would teach very few humans. But he was often exceedingly busy every night in the huge numbers of devas coming. So I totally agree that the Buddha was teaching so many things to devas. The Mangala Sutta was specially given to a Deva. Ratana Sutta was given to the spirits specifically. And they would often come by multiple thousands. The Buddha with a human voice, there's some limit on how many people he could reach. I'm actually wondering how he could reach sometimes 1,200 people more than a thousand just with a natural voice no they didn't have a loudspeaker but with the devas there is no such problem and the Buddha would be able to teach not just mentally millions of devas so in absolute numbers he probably taught more devas than humans the first Sutta they heard it from there Exactly, in the first sutta there were five human beings other than the Buddha, the first five disciples. Now we have that next weekend, Asala Puja, Dhamma Chakaparatana Sutta. There were only five humans, but there were countless devas. And the exclamation of joy and went through all the deva lokas up into Brahma Loka. And as correctness, sometimes the Buddha would deliberately go for, go to Brahma Loka to teach the Brahmas even. Exactly. And I, I guess my question is, um, how, how can you have faith in 
spiritual realm without having psychic powers. Genau, how can we have faith uh, in all these things like devas or what happens after death and how we are reborn? How can we have faith in that if we don't have the uh, psychic powers to directly see and experience that? Uh, in my uh, own case, now I have a lot of faith in the Buddha and if he says that and if it's confirmed by many of the great Kuba Ajans, some of which also had the psychic powers. Now I take it on faith from them. I'm not claiming that I have the psychic powers to check that all out. But uh, I do have the confidence that the Buddha wouldn't uh, deceive us or wouldn't lie or anything like that. And because he has declared it, now I already have strong faith in it. And that is further corroborated by quite a few of the outstanding Ajans in our tradition and also in other traditions throughout Buddhist history and also in Christian tradition. Whether you call them angels or devas, I wouldn't make a, a big fuss about the name and things. And basically all spiritual traditions are talking about them. Even if you can't directly see devas, they are sometimes willing to give you a little sign. <laughs> and if you really say, oh, I'm still unsure on that, and can't you give me a little sign? There's sometimes quite amazing things happening. It may not be that a hundred of them come directly in front of you in a, in a big vision, but I've heard quite, quite amazing stories about things which were happening. The other thing is, no, you can just put it aside. I usually recommend to people when they come to Buddhism, to the Dhamma, and certain things, for example, about ghosts and different realms of existence and angels, devas, and they don't have faith in that, and they say, no, I don't have any direct evidence, I would recommend to put it aside for the time being and just go for the things which you have faith in. And maybe you have faith in, uh, in practicing meditation and purifying your mind from uh, anger and unwholesome states and developing wholesome things like metta and uh, mindfulness and understanding. And that is perfectly okay. So if you feel too uncertain about devas or whether there are any other realms of existence and any spirit beings, whether they exist or not. Uh, I think there's plenty of Dhamma you can practice without that. And that is okay. And my suggestion would be just to put it aside because you probably also don't have any clear evidence against it. <laughs> It's very difficult to disprove to disprove devas as well. So you can just have an agnostic approach and you say, okay, I cannot know that and as long as I don't have any good evidence, I'm not willing to believe in it and that's perfectly okay. 
And then you just practice whatever you find inspiring. There may be generosity, precepts, virtue, sense restraint, um, mindfulness, developing concentration, samadhi, developing understanding of impermanence, letting go. Uh, that is quite a valid approach. Once you've got the samadhi, then you check it out personally. There's something on the podcast. Ajahn, some relatives, for example, may have other faith. Wouldn't you say that the same would apply to them, having faith in their concept of God? Um, yeah, I can't really speak now for other religions. But now, as far as I know, now, virtually every religion teaches that now, death is not a complete end, there's not just nothing. But to my knowledge, virtually every religion teaches about the existence of spirits or angels, or whatever you want to call it, and of some afterlife after death. And, uh, and to that extent, that can already be used uh, to overcome this great fear of dying, which makes people frozen stiff right now and panicky. But I can't really talk well about other religions now. I don't have the uh, knowledge so much, and my audience tends to be more people with faith in uh, Buddhism and the Buddha. So I focus mostly on that. I also don't want to misrepresent other religions. But uh, from hearsay or from my limited knowledge, now, there's quite a few similarities. and. In particular, we shouldn't be so afraid of death. And I think all religion is teaching that. Because death is not the end. And death is the beginning of a new life. Unless you are an Arahant. Okay, thanks for your patience. And please don't be afraid. Remember the promise of the Buddha.